Hello, FPL managers. Welcome to the FPL Optimized Podcast. This is episode number 57. And yes, FPL will be back again this weekend. We hope your national teams did well and that you could enjoy a relaxing weekend. But it does feel good that the FPL action will be back, doesn't it? Today, we'll look at the data to help you prepare for game week five. I am Bas, the casual manager, and my co-host is Surtop, the data scientist. This is the podcast in which we combine analytics with the good old eye test. Data or grass or data and grass? That's the question. Surtop, any highlights from the international break you want to mention? How did Turkey do? I mean, it was a peaceful international break for me. Not thinking about FPL was nice. And the Turkish team didn't do pretty well, actually. They tied with Armenia 1-1 and then they lost to Japan in a friendly game. Or two, if I remember correctly. Okay. I, yeah, I didn't watch the games, but it was supposed to be better, <laughs> I should say. But yeah. How was the Dutch team? Yeah, well, before that, actually, Japan, uh, they also beat Germany, right? So, oh, they uh, did. They a pretty strong team. Yeah, yeah. So, so don't bad. feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have a good team. Yeah, the Dutch team was all right. As I said last time, uh, we were not so sure what to expect. And with me, or sorry, with we, I mean uh, the Dutch people in general, let's say, (laughs) because uh, the previous games weren't too good. But this time they did pretty well. Uh, We beat Greece 3-0 and then we also won against Ireland uh, 1-2. That was in Dublin. And uh, yeah, it was quite nice to see the team. few strong performances from young players like Gakpo and uh, Xavi Simons. Mm-hmm. who people might know. He plays at uh, Leipzig now. I think he's very talented. I think we might see him in the Premier League at some stage. And it was also great to see Frankie de Jong, who plays for Barcelona. He's, he's such a unique player. You know, He can just shake off two, two or three <laughs> defenders with one move or acceleration. It's, it's really nice to see him. And uh, yeah, believe it or not, uh, good old Wout Weghorst scored a goal in each of the games. So that was also uh, <laughs> a highlight. <laughs> Also in the Netherlands, people were a bit shocked that he's still in the team. But then he scored two goals and now everybody uh, appreciates him again. So that's how <laughs> it can go. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, the international break. As you said, yeah, not too bad to have a short break from FPL. But at the same time, we do enjoy this game, don't we? So it's also good that uh, FPL is back. Yeah. Uh, it gave us some time again to think about our plans and uh, get ready for game week five. So let's switch our attention to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, last week in the pod, we already looked at our game week four performances and we also talked about the model accuracies. So for today, let's start with looking at uh, our fixture ticker or our version of it. Uh, the chart we also used in previous episodes, which is looking at the team strengths split by attack and defense. Yes, certainly. So this is the current horizon. So we are evaluating the horizon from game week five to game week 10. And in the first rank now we have Newcastle. So it has been always Manchester City until this point. Uh, but now Newcastle got the, the first place and right. Arsenal got the second place. So Manchester City actually moved two places down. All right. And what it means that Newcastle has the best, uh, fixtures overall. Uh, between game week 5 and 10. So we have been talking yeah. about this in the earlier episodes too. And their yeah. good uh, period starts now with Brantford game. Uh, defensively, it's a good game. I mean, obviously, Brantford is good at 
good at offense so that defensively yeah. it might be problematic but mm-hmm. still their defenders are expected to score 4.3 uh, points in average for 90 minutes uh, defenders okay. and goalkeepers I should say yeah. and then they play against Sheffield with 4.5 average for defenders and then Burnley with 4.9 so these three games are pretty good and then they yeah. also play Crystal Palace in game week 9 and then Wolves against uh, against Wolves in game week 10 so yeah. that's like five fixtures out of six that looks promising and Burnley fixture in game week seven is also good offensively uh, based on right. this tracker. Yeah. And in the second rank, we have Arsenal. They have four good fixtures out of six. Um, so they play mm-hmm. Everton, Tottenham, Bournemouth. So model thinks that these are all good fixtures offensively. Yeah. And, um, and then they play City and Chelsea, which are, well, not the best, obviously. But then they play against Sheffield United so they have good uh, offensive fixtures overall yeah and so Manchester City is at third place they they will play against Nottingham Forest in game week six and Wolves again game week seven that those are both good fixtures defensively and offensively and Liverpool has three good fixtures so Liverpool is interesting because they have like Tottenham game at away in game week seven, and then Brighton at away, but mm. then their fixture gets better. We will also talk right. about this in a different visualization in a moment, but mm. yeah, so they will be favorable. I think some models are actually even selling Holland to bring uh, Salah to the team right. for, for these okay. fixtures. But for yeah. this for this game week, essentially we have three good fixtures so Newcastle against Brentford defensively Arsenal mm-hmm. against Everton offensively and then Tottenham yeah. against Sheffield United is the best fixture actually this game right. week both yeah. defensive average is pretty high it is 4.7 and offensive average is 5.1 which is one of the highest here um so yeah these yeah. are the three good fixtures of this game week and then that's the uh, and this is the order Newcastle Arsenal Manchester right. City, Liverpool, and Tottenham. Okay. Yeah, it looks good. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think it's, yeah, a lot of people are talking about Spurs this week. Of course, they had a good game in game week four with uh, Son scoring the hat trick. So mm-hmm. I think, yeah, Son, uh, that's, a pe- that's a player that many people want to bring in. We also see that he's the most transferred in player. Yeah, he uh, is. And next to Son, of course, also Madison could be a, a good one. But uh, what we can also see on the chart that after the Sheffield game, Spurs will play against Arsenal and Liverpool. So that's something to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though, yeah, Spurs have a good team playing attacking football. So maybe you don't mind that. So you can still play Son and Madison in those games. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, just uh, a word of caution to, to look beyond the, the Sheffield game. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, no, for the rest, good to see Newcastle top of the chart. I think, mm-hmm. um, as, as discussed before, I think many people will now try to bring defenders in from Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Personally, I'm not too, um, how to say, uh, I, I'm not, I won't jump on it too fast with the game against Brentford first. I think, you know, Brentford, they have a good team, especially attacking. So uh, personally, I don't mind to wait another week, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, 
yeah, I think some people will probably start to bring in Newcastle players. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. So these are the top teams. Let's mm-hmm. look at the bottom half. Uh, bottom half from worst to you know mediocre. It is Sheffield United, and then Wolves, Burnley, Nottingham Forest, and Luton Town are the top five here. Um, Sheffield, we talked about it, but they are playing against Tottenham. Their defensive rating is pretty low, two point three, and offensively it is three point three, one of the lowest again. Um, and then another bad fixture is for uh, Luton. They're against. They're playing against uh, Fulham, but their uh, offensive average is at three point three, so they are not probably expected to score. Or I should mm-hmm. say that their probability of scoring is a little bit low. Um, but yeah, these are the teams, and um, I mean Luton has particularly even d- despite the double game week actually. So that's yeah. one thing that. Uh, caught my eye in this uh, visualization uh, you know models usually go crazy when there's a double game week yeah. <laughs> like usually mm-hmm. suggest to bring some players actually we even have some players in the optimal wildcard team who will okay. get doubles right. but still I mean they're um, I mean so in a normal game week their point average is around like 3.3 like you see here or 3.5 yeah. I should say yeah. For that game week, it was 4.4. Obviously, it is better, but still, like, models um, are not, well, ever, like, ensemble model is not particularly excited about their double game uh, week. Okay. Yeah, that was a bit funny, I think, when the double game week was announced. So, for game week seven, uh, that's the Burnley against Luton game. I think the initial response from a lot of people on Twitter was like, okay, you know, we don't care. <laughs> we don't need those teams. <laughs> Yeah. But uh, slowly it changed, and I think now a lot of people are considering, especially Morris, uh, the attacker from Luton, to bring yeah. him in. We also um, have him in the optimal wildcard team. Yeah. Okay, so we'll see this later. Um, yes. Yeah, so it's being a bit hyped up, and I think yeah, we all need to think whether we want to go that route or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I was surprised, I didn't realize when I was looking at the, the, da- the data, um, <coughs> that he did score a goal in game week one against Brighton. And then he also had an assist in game week four against West Ham. Mm-hmm. So if you look at the points so far in three games, he had eight, two and five. Okay. So for a Luton attacker, I would say that's not too bad. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, if you also now look at the run for them, so they will play Fulham, Wolves, and then a double against Everton and Burnley. So just by the look, look looking at it like that, you could say, uh, why not? Uh, but yeah, it is still Luton. Um, so yeah, for myself, I don't think I will spend the transfer on it, but I can see why people might give it a try. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And good. Yeah. And as far as fixture tickers go, actually, there's another way to look at this data. Uh, Okay. Instead of like looking game weeks one by one, you can also try to consider them as a period like from game week five to eight like who's the best team and yeah. actually fbl chase prepared a visual for us uh, okay. let me share that one so <clears throat> so this is the offensive fixture difficulty tracker but for uh, a period like four game week window so for example in the first uh, column we have from game week five to eight you know who has the best fixtures fixtures offensively yeah and here, what numbers represent is, you know, how much good they are compared to an average uh, Premier League opponent. 
So okay. 1.0 means that they are as if they are playing an average fixture, like average game for, for the team. And okay. if it is higher than 1, uh, like 1.17, it means that they are expected to score like 17% more because their opponent is weak. Mm. So if we look at from that perspective, uh, you might notice that. So Luton has the best uh, in this period, 1.17, again, because of their double two. So it also oh, yeah. you know makes sense that people are trying to bring uh, Morris. Yeah. Um, if you just look at this horizon, one of the things that you will notice quickly is Liverpool's fixtures will get better. Right. Um, yeah. Even it's even starts from game week six to nine period, but as, especially from game week eight to eleven, and from game week nine to twelve, those like four game week windows, both of them are pretty good. Yeah. Um, one of the highest, and Chelsea's fixtures start okay, but then it will go pretty bad. Um, and also Manchester City is also, you might notice that their fixtures are not the best. By the way, this, um, these numbers, they don't consider the team's own offensive strength. It is just based on, you know, how much weak your opponent is and, and how favorable the fixtures are from that perspective. And anything here that caught your eye that you want to comment on? Uh... Well, no, I think the thing that you pointed out, well, first of all, it's a nice chart. So thanks again, uh, FPL Chase. Mm -hmm. We we should invite them to come on the show. Uh, yeah, one time. certainly. He's, uh, he's helping so much. <laughs> uh, the dark green clearly stands out then eh, for Liverpool, as you said. And uh, yeah, we need to probably make a plan for that because especially if you want to bring in Salah or Trent, who of course uh, have premium price points, it's it's not so easy to to bring them in. So that might require some planning or yeah. of course we could go for other options and then also uh there is crystal palace that stands out as of game week 10 so that could also yeah. be uh one to keep in mind yeah I think okay if I remember correctly crystal palace had something like this last season too so i was particularly excited about their good fixture run but mm -hmm. yeah it didn't turn out that good <laughs> well we will see yeah. um, no but yeah, and maybe also want to mention, even though it's quite low on the chart, but Aston Villa, at some moment, especially around game week eight, game week nine, turns yeah. also a bit more favorable. And they have nice uh, players we can consider, like Diaby and Watkins. Yeah. Or Cash, even also. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Certainly. Okay. And let me also talk about the defensive uh, fixture difficulty. Right. Uh, so again, Fulham has the best for uh, this period from game week 5 to 8. Um, but if you are looking overall, there is also Liverpool, who has a really good run from game week 9 to 12. Um, right. And uh, by the way, in this case, when we are talking about the defensive uh, fixture difficulty, lower numbers are better. So lower numbers one, are better, yeah. Yeah, so one means that you are yeah, expected to concede as if you are playing an average Premier League opponent, but... If it is lower, then you are expected to concede less uh, yeah. in comparison. Um, Tottenham has some good fixtures. Uh, game week right. 7 to 10, 8 to 11, and yeah. 9 to 12. Like all, They are all good. Uh, they are like at least 15% below uh, the average difficulty. And yeah. as you mentioned, Aston Villa has a good run from 8 to 11 and also 9 to 12. So these are the teams that people might consider 
But as we were talking about this the whole time, Newcastle, like almost mm -hmm. all of their fixtures, like this for game week windows, they're less than right. one, meaning that they have relatively less difficult fixtures or better fixtures defensively through the whole yeah. horizon. I mean, any for right. game week window you can pick, and then yeah. it is below one. Um, mm. And Newcastle, uh, sorry, and Chelsea starts good, but then their fixtures go bad. So that was essentially right. the logic behind, you know, yeah. starting with Chelsea defenders and eventually switching to Newcastle. And right. I should mention that this kind, this kind of a chart might also help people to identify the ideal time to use their wildcard. Um, right. Like it is kind of like easy to see where the fixture savings are happening. Yeah. So I haven't decided yet, obviously, when to use my wildcard, but yeah, this might be particularly useful. Yeah. So yeah, these charts, I think Chase shared them on uh, his Twitter account. So you can check okay. uh, FPL underscore Chase to see this yeah. uh, if you're just listening. Okay, cool. Yeah, and to my earlier point, I think especially a team like Liverpool, uh, Salah, Trent, premium options, not so easy to to go to get to with with one or two transfers. So then maybe you know consideration could be to wildcard around game week eight, game week nine, which is also the next international break, and uh, yeah. bring in a few Liverpool players. That that's that that's a strategy. Yeah. And it's nice that uh, indeed Tottenham stands out as well as of game week seven because they still have Udogi. Uh, mm. I think he went up twice, so he's but he's still quite cheap. Let's say four point seven million. Yeah, played all games so far and also uh, had some assists. So also you have him, right? No, I don't. No, no. Oh, but yeah. I'm thinking about uh, Spurs defender now for this game week against Sheffield. Yeah. Uh, so it will be either Udogi or uh, Poro. Okay. See. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay, good, good charts. Um, so yeah, we looked at this now by team strength. Thing next up, let's also look at it at an individual player level. So mm -hmm. did anything change? Did, did you see any changes in the data on that? Yeah, so first of all, these values are from yesterday morning. Uh, so we updated the data, we prepared these visuals, we even recorded an episode, but <laughs> realized that we didn't record our audio, <clears throat> so recording again. So I haven't updated data this morning, but this right. was the updated values as of yesterday. Okay. Um, <clears throat> top players with uh, in terms of expected value gains are mostly from Burnley and Luton Town players because of the double yeah. game week announcement, and it is mainly yeah. focused around game week seven. Um, one of the players that increased their EV the highest is Morris. So he's eight overall in terms of increase, but his expected value increased around 3.52 in game week seven and 4.14 in overall. So he's actually a consideration, should be a consideration mm. for most people. Yeah. <clears throat> but besides that, we have uh, Kolesho uh, from Burnley at the first spot. And then Barkley, Bayer from Burnley, Bell, Foster, Ferguson, Archer, Morris, Adebayo, and Gilles are the top 10 players. Okay. And only players who are not from Burnley or Luton are Ferguson at sixth place and Archer uh, from Sheffield United. But his, I think, minutes increased. I mean, obviously, he got, he moved to Sheffield and also his minute uh, estimations are higher now. 
So he yeah. increases expected value around 4.3 for the whole horizon. Okay. Anything you want to comment here? I think you have Bayer, right? Yeah, I've got Bayer on my bench. So it's uh, interesting that he jumped and scored. Because I think last time he was flagged with an injury and uh, it was actually a surprise that he played uh, the previous game. Oh, so that's maybe why that, Maybe that was considered yeah, yeah. that the, the data, the, the EV dropped and now it came back to normal level. Yeah, this game. Um, yeah, I can see it. Yeah. And maybe just a word of caution for Ferguson at Brighton because he didn't play for Ireland. He uh, he didn't play for the national team. I think he had an injury. Uh, so I think we need to wait for some news on that before yep. you consider any transfers for him. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So these are the ones with the most gain. Mm-hmm. Um, do we also have the ones that dropped? Yeah. So <clears throat> in terms of drops, the first place belongs to Richardson. Okay. Uh, I mean, he is expected to lose minutes. I mean, he lost his place last game week and also yeah. expected to ha- has you know less number of minutes going forward so his ev mm. dropped around 5.5 which is pretty bad news for me because i have him <coughs> you have him still yeah yeah but um, maybe it's easy uh to decide who to transfer him. <laughs> yeah that's that's true yeah <laughs> it also opens many doors right yes. um so van dyke is at uh second place his ev loss is mainly coming from game week five at this game week 3.2 loss just from this game week yeah, because I, I had a red card, and I think initially it was a one-game ban, and then another game got added to it, which yeah. probably wasn't uh, considered previously in the data. So yeah. he, he will not play in game week five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the rest is Guardiol, Relish, Gakpo, Martinez, Foden, Ben Rahma, Jota, and Calvert Leuven. But I should okay. say that I mean they lost some EV. Mainly yeah. because of minutes, because you right. you will realize that their drops are around like one point five at most two should be yeah. mostly related to how much minutes they are expected to play. But yeah, right. the most important player here is Richardson with a significant loss at five point five over the horizon, yeah. which is you know quite far from all the others. Yeah. Yeah, it was an interesting bet, I think, in game week one, uh, because with Kane leaving, uh, Richardson taking the number nine spot, I think, yeah, it would certainly understand why people went there, because he was uh, a cheap midfielder suddenly playing number nine for Spurs. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't work out. Um, Son took the spot. So, yeah, yeah, it's probably time now to move on. Yeah, it's not the first time I got baited <laughs> this oh, okay. kind of a change. Well, you know, you tried. <laughs> <laughs> I think Havertz was also a ah, similar case. Yes. yes. But in general, as mentioned before, I think Spurs is uh, the team a lot of people are looking at. Uh, from For me, I also need to keep it in mind because I don't have any Spurs players at the moment. And especially for game week five, they play against Sheffield at home. Um, so that could be a risk if we don't own uh, Son or Madison. Um, as mentioned before, they are the most brought-in players. Son in number one, uh, Madison number three, and I think on number two it's Alvarez from City. Um, so yeah, Spurs a big target. I, I, as I said, for me the easiest thing to do is to uh, move a defender. So I'll probably do that, and I'll I'll go with Poro or Udogi. 
and then hope that uh, Madison and Son uh, will stay quiet. But uh, yeah, <laughs> let's yeah. see. <laughs> All right. Well, as we do every week, let's look at the optimal team, which I think this week uh, is even more relevant because uh, probably some people have their wildcard activated during the international break. So let's see how the optimal team looks like. So optimal wildcard team uh, using the ensemble data is the custom weight ensemble data is uh, Martinez in the goal. And we have Burn, Shar, and Trippia in defense, and also Udogi. So we have like triple uh, Newcastle defenders here. All right. uh, then in midfield, we have Mubemo, Sterling, Fernandez, Rashford, Son. And in forward, okay. we have Holland only for this game week. But uh, at the bench, we have Kaminski as the bench goalkeeper, who will who are supposed to play in game week six and seven. Game week seven is a double game week again. Um, we have Morris, as I mentioned. Uh, he plays in three game weeks here, uh, six, seven, and eight. And then mm-hmm. we have Archer, and Jills is the last player in the bench. And this team has three scheduled transfers. Uh, so the model actually sells Holland for Watkins uh, like three game weeks later, wow. and then brings in Salah uh, by selling Sterling. So Oh, Th- this is okay. the thing I mentioned. So mainly model is thinking that maybe I should sell Holland because City will get bad fixtures and yeah. then I can bring Salah in. So that right. will be a major distinction, I think. Major split, I should say. We were talking yeah. about this in the analytics discord too. People are very scared to sell Holland, especially, I mean, yes. his ownership is just through the roof. And yeah, but it is a really good fixture run for Liverpool. So. Yeah, yeah. Be an interesting and on the game. other side, City will go into a really difficult fixture run. Yeah, but yeah, this city it is Haaland, but they will really have a tough run at some point, and also, uh, yeah, Champions League starts. Yeah, um, that's true. Rotation so, risk too. Yeah, yeah, or rotation risk, or just you know getting tired in general. <laughs> uh, it's it's a risk, but yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's uh, not easy to sell Haaland. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And I also want to show one more thing here that might be relevant to people. Yes. So yeah. uh, Chase prepared this uh, visual for us or did the analysis and uh, looked at the top ranked players for the next six game weeks. So if you're kind of like considering to wildcard, this might be useful too. So when we look at data, we are usually looking at the expected value from every model. We are taking the average, but that right. average sometimes doesn't mean anything for you because you are most interested in like, who is the best player that I can get right now? Yeah. And like, you're wondering if the player A is better or player B is better. So then another way to look at these models is checking who has uh, which player at the first place. And then taking the average of, you know, so for example, this player is the, at the first place here, second place here, and then first place here, take the average, and then you will get a number like 1.3, which is the mean rank of the player. So among goalkeepers, we have Pop in the first place with 2.7 mean rank, so he's the highest. And then we have right. Ederson, again, with 2.7. And right. then Ellison, uh, the third place, and Martinez, and Leno. These are the top five goalkeepers uh, for the next six game weeks. 
Okay. Among defenders, Trippia has a min rank of 1.6, which means ah. that most models think he's the best defender for yeah. this horizon. Uh, just a little bit of a disagreement, as far as I can tell. And then Alexander Arnold is second, as we mentioned. Liverpool will have good fixtures eventually. Yeah. Then we have Shar, Chilwell, and Diaz at the fifth place. Uh, among midfielders, we have Salah with 1.1 mean rank, highest, mm-hmm. and then Son 3.1, pretty still pretty good. And then we yeah. have Saka, Rashford, Fernandez. Yeah. And finally, for forwards, we have Holland at 1.0. Well, every, every model thinks that he's the best, uh, no question about it. And then we have Watkins at 3.4, uh, Nico Jackson at 4.6, Alvarez at 5.8, and Morris at 6.3. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, good. Good to see. Uh, personally, still happy to see Rashford and Bruno Fernandes in the optimal mm-hmm. team because I also still have them. And uh, yeah, the fixtures for them look still quite good on the midterm, even though there's a lot going on at Man United. So let's see how they will do now in, in game week five, but mm-hmm. I'll keep them. And uh, yeah, because earlier on the fixture chart, we saw that uh, Arsenal still was second, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but we don't see too many Arsenal players now in, in here in these optimal charts, except for Saka as midfielder. So that's maybe also something uh, to consider to yeah. uh, move some of the Arsenal players, potentially. Yeah, you're right. I mean, we have yeah, Saka at third place and also Odegaard at sixth and yeah. Martinelli at ninth place. Right. I mean, yeah. so when we're looking at this, we are simply looking at the order. So maybe their right. expected value is very you know close in terms of how high they are, but there's you know, yeah. still a bit of a difference so that the, you know Martinelli goes to the ninth place, Got for it. example. So yeah. it might also yeah. affect it. Yeah, but I think also in your previous chart with the optimal team, you didn't have Arsenal players in there. Oh yeah, um, that's true. <laughs> that's quite a quite a change versus previous weeks. I think. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but again, uh, I think what stands out is the Newcastle defense. Even though, again, also as we discussed last week, people uh, were maybe questioning it because so far they didn't keep a clean sheet. Yeah. But uh, they played against some really good teams so far, and the underlying data was was good, even though they conceded uh, a, go- a goal in each game at least. Um, you know, the underlyings were was was quite good for the defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as discussed before, at some point we need to have a plan for uh, to bring Liverpool players in. So yeah. Yeah. That will probably be the topic of also our next podcasts. How to bring <laughs> Liverpool in. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. But for this week, it's probably first how to bring Son in. <laughs> <laughs> or Newcastle defenders, depending yeah. on what you want. Indeed. All right. Very good. Thanks for sharing that again. Sure. I think uh, that's very useful, especially for people on a wild card. But even if you're not, it gives you a few ideas of uh, transfer targets. Mm-hmm. So, do you already have a plan in mind for this week, Sertop? Uh I checked the solver, uh, and it was suggesting me to sell Diaz and Richarlison for Trippia and Eze. Okay. Um, I don't think I will use my two free transfers this game week because I don't feel like it will contribute too much. But I mean, that was my thinking before seeing that Richarlison has dropped significantly in expected value, and I was always planning to bring Newcastle defenders starting with this game week. Maybe I will delay it 
just to you know get rid of Richardson this game week. Yeah, I haven't decided yeah. yet. My I'm leaning towards using only one free transfer if possible. Yeah. Because two two free transfers is valuable. But, yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. hopefully I will be able to bring Newcastle defenders latest okay. next game week. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? Um, no, sounds like a good plan. And for me, it's similar. I, I, I also have two free transfers, but I plan to just use one. Um, for Newcastle, I still have Botman on the bench. I had him since game week one, but uh, he was flagged with an injury. So I hope he will be all right. So I can uh, use him. If it's not for this week, then for the next week. Uh, I'm pretty happy still with my midfield. So I still have two United, two Arsenal. And I think in the midterm, their fixtures look, look good. So I plan to keep them. And my fifth mid- midfielder is uh, Mitoma from Brighton. Mm. Uh, they have a more difficult game now away to United. But after that, they play Bournemouth at home. So mm. uh, my plan would be to keep Mitoma for the Bournemouth game and then maybe uh, consider the other options. Yeah. yeah. So the thing I'm planning, because I'm still on two Chelsea defenders, and even though they play Bournemouth, it's maybe not a too difficult game, but I would prefer to have one Spurs defender, I think, against uh, Sheffield. So I'll uh, I'll move Disassi to either uh, Pedro Poro or Udugi. So that will okay. be my decision yeah. this week. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Let's see. All right. Um, okay, we talked about that. We talked about Spurs, who are the hot team this week. Mm-hmm. We also talked about the double game week with uh, Luton and Burnley. So uh, I think we covered most main topics for the week, but let's still look at the main captaincy options. And I have a feeling it might not be Holland this week. Am I right? <laughs> not the Norwegian. That, so, yeah. I When you check at the ensemble model, Holland is still at number one spot. But right. he's just a step ahead of Sun. Just 0.2 difference between them. Okay. Um, so we have three models that think Son is the best captain option this game week. Draft Hound, yeah. Fantasy Football Hub, and FBI Reviews Premium model has Son higher. But, I mean, this might change, by the way, uh, like as we get closer to deadline. Um, yeah. And then Fantasy Football Fix, Fantasy Football Scout, and Mikael Tokwam's transfer algorithm has Holland as the best captain. And okay. FPL team has Salah as the best captain for this game week. So if you take the average, like an equal um, average of all the models, Holland is at the first spot. Uh, then we have Son, Salah, third spot, Madison, fourth, and Saka is at fifth spot. For me, since I don't have Son and I don't think I will get him, I will captain Holland, most certainly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think most people will captain yeah, Holland, but people yeah. who have Son, they will certainly <laughs> captain him. He, it's such a good game week, and he yeah. seemed in form last game week, so I, I, I can't see the merit. No, definitely. And I think if you don't have Son, but you have Madison, then I think Madison could also be a captain option. Yeah, that's uh, true. He's been doing well for Spurs, and... Uh, you know, he's maybe more the, the assister, but he also scored a few goals already. So I think that could be another mm-hmm. another uh, consideration if you dare going against Haaland. Um, I mean, I keep repeating myself, but with Haaland, uh, you never know. He can score hat-tricks every game. <laughs> he did it last game week. I don't think he will do it this time because they play West Ham. And I think so far, West Ham, uh, they have been doing quite well. They also had some really good new signings. 
but again, you never know. Uh, so <laughs> I'll put it on Holland, and uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that's it for today's episode. You did mention that we are recording it for the second time. Hopefully, everything yeah. worked well. It's the first time that we had a technical issue. <laughs> I <you>. hope so. <laughs> We're not recording it third time. But it's fun. I saw you now two days in a row, and we talk about FPL uh, two days in a row. <laughs> yeah, it was a nice change. I agree. And today, you're wearing the Galatasaray shirt. I also appreciate it. It's yeah, nice. because yesterday at the recording, you were wearing your Venezia shirt like you're doing now. Um, yeah. So I thought maybe I should also wear a jersey instead of like my formal work clothes. Yeah. And you know what better way to you know celebrate the Galatasaray Champions League participation? Yeah. I was also checking the uh, the Champions League expected value model uh, from okay. one of the people in our Discord, and Jaidut generated those, and he put Galatasaray as the second worst team. Uh, oh. Like both offensively and defensively, if I remember correctly. Okay. So I'm excited about the expected value model, but I was upset to see Galatasaray almost at the bottom. So I, I said, right. okay, I need to, you know, cheer for my team. Yeah, so, yeah, you should. You know, don't <laughs> give up yet. <laughs> yeah, and for me, it's Venezia. It's, uh, you know, they just play Serie B, so it's not a huge team, but I do like what they do on the marketing side. Uh, especially when they launch their their new kits, uh, they always make it look like it's more like a fashion uh, campaign mm. instead of a, a football team uh, launching a new shirt. So uh, yeah, nice job done by that team. Yeah, and, you even uh, convinced me to get one. I have one. Right, but for my wife, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I didn't shirt. know I had that influence on you, but uh, I'll yeah, keep it in mind. Influential. <laughs> All right. Good to know. Well, thanks. All right. That's it for today. Uh, we talked about our mini league last week. So the only thing to mention today is that, uh, yeah, we still have 234 teams in it. And I saw that are 14 new teams who will be added during the next game week. So that's uh, pretty cool. Thanks for joining. Uh, if you're not in it yet, you can still join. The code is 0JSDLA. So this was it for today. It was FPL Optimized Podcast, episode number 57. Thanks for listening and good luck with making your Game Week 5 decisions. We, of course, hope that your arrow will be green and we will be back with another episode next week. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast so you'll get notified when it releases and you can also follow us on Twitter, now called X. For Surtop, it's at Surtop Bilal. And for me, it's at BelfiBB. And as of this season, we're also on YouTube. That's it for today. Thank you. And until next time, stay curious and stay analytical. Goodbye. Bye-bye.